Right guys, Scotland are 90 minutes away from a shot at Euro 20. We beat Israel in the playoff on Thursday night. I say beat, we, we did win, but we didn't actually win on the pitch. We won via a penalty shootout. Scotland's first ever penalty shootout. Um, the wild celebrations from the players suggested that they'd done something amazing after doing that and not beating a, a pretty kind of average Israel side on penalty kicks. But that's what we're going to chat about on today's Burst Ball podcast. Let's see... Where it takes us, will it be a positive show, will it be a negative show? I'm Hamish Carton, by the way, very much in the latter mindset, a bit negative. What about you, Casey? Well, I'm, I'm hoping to spread a wee bit of um, positivity. I'm usually known as a pessimist when it comes to Kilmarnock, according to to yourself. So, But as I made my point in the last one, when I, when I was called negative, I said I'm always positive. All things Steve Clark, and that continues tonight. What, 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 does, what does he do to you, Steve Clark? You don't want to know. <laughs> Leave it at that. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? Are you in the, the positive or the negative mindset after Thursday night? I'm positive in the sense we're there. I mean, it wasn't great. I know we'll come into it, but we got there and that was the main thing. So, um, here we go. Right, what's the stuff you want to get off your chest? We'll just get it out of the way early doors, Casey. Uh, it's, it's not as much. I mean, I actually meant to discuss it with you in, in person. Uh, well, not in person, we can't do that. Uh, I mean, in one of the other podcasts I was on, we were kind of either debrief or a briefing before it. Um, no, but I just, I just thought like, it's understandable the kind of apathy towards the, the national team, and I'm not just taking this over the result yesterday. Like, genuinely, I did think back, even the Czech Republic game, I thought it was a lose lose for the national side. Don't get me wrong, I we should have won it. Um, absolutely should have won it, but the end of the day, um, when like it's it's an away win in Europe, uh, if you want to call it that, I think somebody put up a stat as well. The person was maybe in their thirties, and it was the first time uh, Scotland had came from behind in a in a uh, international to to win away from home in, in his lifetime or sort of like in a competitive game, which which is pretty mental. Um, so, so, so I think that there was a lot of unfair criticism directed at Steve Clark, but no, obviously for the podcast it seemed everybody I definitely felt what I was kind of banging my head against the wall. Understood how how frustrating it's been, but realistically, I mean, the squad I could go on about squad all day. I don't think individual player wise were actually bad. Like I think individually we're okay. That there is competition for certain places there. But I don't think that there's anywhere near enough balance to the squad, and that's mm. evident. I mean, we've got no right-sided defenders who are really good enough uh, for me. Like, no, 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 in a, a, a horrendously bad way, but just like when you compare it to what we've got on the left-hand side, we've got nothing on the right. Yesterday, we had no wide players whatsoever. The only wide player we had was Ryan Fraser. Uh, so people saying, oh, why are we not playing 4-3-3, 4 didn't have the players to play it. We could have played more narrow, absolutely. But we'd worked in that three five two five three two, whatever you want to call it, for for the last couple of qualif- uh, the last couple of Nations League games. Sorry. Um, so no, I just I think that with the squad that we've got, getting dealt the hand, they're losing six potential starters. You could argue. Um, I'd I'd say at least half of them could 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 have started without a doubt. Who, who were the six? Forrest, Christie. Tierney, no, the, 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 sorry, I, the players that get called it the day before, so Forrest, was he not already oh, injured? Aye, sorry, so who are we talking, Armstrong, Christie, Tierney, McKenna, who were the other two? Burke? Aye. Burke and Palmer. Burke and Palmer, yeah. Right, right so I, again, I'm not saying they're all, but I said you're talking a chunk of those guys could easily have started yesterday. However, I know Israel also 
lost players, um, so I do understand that. But I think with, with the squad that we had yesterday, we knew it was going to be a slog. I don't know why. No, like, don't get. I was watching it like almost laughing and a kind of psychotic way about how bad it was. Like I was like, my mum was watching it with me. How pathetic that is because I, I can't leave the house. I'm on uh, self isolation myself just now, so I had to. I, I had to sit and um, watch it in there, and I was just like, this is absolutely terrible. But job done. I said for day one. I said that Clark will get us. To the Euros because I know how it gets results. He knows how still to do stand it. by that. It's harder now. I'm, I'm still got to say I'm still got the confidence that he's the man to deliver it. Absolutely, but there's so many different variables now to, to what there were uh, at the beginning of the year. I thought right, we go to Hamden, fifty thousand crowds against Israel. We'll battle them. Well, no battle them, but we'll win. Totally taking out the equation. I'm not trying to be one of these guys that's sitting at the Tartan Army or anything, but I'm just saying it does make an impact, you know what I mean? It's, it's the biggest game in a generation coming up. And maybe, well, obviously it's away from home, the Serbian game, but you know what I mean? There's no fans there in that. Um, but with, with, the, with the postponement of the games and, and the players that we've lost, um, and there's still no emergency, a really properly good right centre half or right back, it's got to be hard. But I think if anybody can do it, Steve Clark, he knows how it gets results, he knows how it gets results away from home as well. So I think I think that there's plenty. To, but no, I'm not saying that result yesterday changes anything. Of course, there are concerns. But you've got to look at it. What's that unbeaten in six games? Um, yeah. Six international games. You can say, oh, we're playing Diddy teams in that at times. But other managers have played Diddy teams and all. Like, we've got to give him the credit. He can only, he can only the proverbial push with the coke he's got, if you want to say that. that that's all he can do then now with that squad that he's been hand. So um, I think that I think that we're doing all right. And, and I hope uh, we get a result in Serbia. And I think we will get a result in Serbia. This is going to be a fun podcast because I disagree with so much of that. I that's just, fair, that's fair. I, I suppose it's it's kind of what you want and we can't agree with each other at all times. I'm just really struggling with this team. I, I don't see... I think you make a fair point about the problem areas in the team and continually we hear the media or even fans of Tartan Army you know, drumming up the fact that we've got all these amazing elite midfielders and elite left-backs. But the problem for me is... You can maybe argue goalkeeper-wise we're not too bad either, even though McGregor's no longer around, but probably every other position pretty much, including key positions in the spine of the team, striker, centre-back, and obviously right-back as well, I think we're like as poor as we've been for ages. Like, see, I, I don't want to kind of hang players out to dry or completely go for players in this, because it's never really been our style in the podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway. See, like, see the subs... Last night, like, see, there was four strikers played last yes uh, Thursday night. Um, Lyndon Dykes, I really like, and I think Lyndon Dykes will go on to a bit bigger and better club than QPR. I've always liked him, and I think he'll be a good Scotland striker for years to come. I actually think he's a brilliant player. Um, the other three that played, nothing against them. I just don't think they're up to international level. Um, I've never seen what the fuss is about Ollie McBurney and how he's managed these big moves down south. Lauren Shankland, I think, will score goals in the Premiership and is a decent finisher, but I don't think he's a good enough to be Scotland striker. And I was laughing when Callum Patterson came on up top. Like, I know he did against Czech Republic as well. I'm stunned that he's still even in squads for Scotland, never mind, like, as a striker, when I, I thought nowadays he was, you know, a, a right mid or something no, like that. Right um, yeah, I, he, he, I, I, I right, did you not? Yeah. Aye, I, I've never really... He came, I don't know, but he came up top, up 
he came on up top in Czech Republic. I know that. So I'm, I'm never really been convinced by him. But as I say, I'm not really going for players. I'm more just saying that I actually don't think the squad we've got is as good as some people like to make out. I think we're like really good in areas like left back. We've got amazing talent. Two of the best left backs in England, I would argue. And I don't think it's even up for debate. Um, you know, midfield, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, uh, Ryan Jack, you know, Scott McTominay as a midfielder generally are all good players. But part of me just thought last night, maybe we're not actually as good as we think. I am, um, yeah, I, I get it. I, th- I think whenever these kind of big games come around, you we always, well, in the last few years, really, like if you think of Strachan's kind of peak team that he had, he kind of based a lot of it around the Celtic players. And it was quite interesting that last night, I know obviously Christian Forrest had been out and the Tierney would have been part of that Celtic contingent before. They weren't there, so it was just like McGregor. And you were kind of thinking, oh wow, he's not, don't, he doesn't have that club mentality that he did maybe before. And I just think that we, we have all these, we've always had players that have played, and I played in England and that, right? In the Premiership, whether it was Fletcher or whether, you know, um, kind of even McFadden, you know, and I, I just kind of think that we have a lot of good players there, but we just never seem to get it right. And you can go on about systems. I mean, we don't have the first clue about systems compared to a manager, obviously. You know, and I, I think I, I like Casey's point on that, but the fact that like we just couldn't, you know, with those six players coming out, you couldn't just go and change the formation really because like they'd worked on that like all week. That is kind of what they build to do. You know, you know, it, it's working for teams now that kind of three five two. And I understand that like we we, we I think in Scotland especially we always big up our players like we always think all right, well he's playing the Premiership. You know, he should be all right. You know, he should be good. He should be better than playing in the in the but then the difference is you've got like sometimes you've you've got like uh you know an Andy Robertson but then he's playing I remember like when McKenna came in right the squad like two years ago you'd have had Robertson and then you'd had McKenna who's so raw at the time you know like it, it's so different like it's like playing alongside Gallagher for example you know um and I think it's it's difficult to kind of it is difficult to kind of to process that and I think for Steve Clark just getting through is a bit of an important thing but he will have these boys back hopefully in a month's time and then you can kind of build and then go right here's what we learned from this round of games because he's still got two games coming up this week here's what we've learned take that squad see what happens yeah we have got those two games coming up and they're probably going to be quite important for you know, getting the team up to speed um, although I did see the news earlier that Andy Considine's been called up to the Scotland squad and I just face palm at that stage like you obviously see more of them, Matt. And again, I don't really want to go crucifying players, but like if we're if we're calling up Andy Considine, like where are we at, honestly? Like where is football in this country at? What you're getting with Andy Considine is an experienced campaigner, whether you like it or not. And I I'd be hypocritical to be honest, because then I'd be I've gone on and like criticised like when Greer and you know that all that kind of players get called up before I'm like oh what is he doing but with Considine he's always assured if you play him at centre like, he's not a le- he's obviously not a left back like he's not going to be your choice at left back even though he plays there for Aberdeen a lot you stick him in the centre half right you know I don't really think to be honest I don't think he'll actually play I, I, I don't think I don't think there's a you know unless they pick up injuries I, I think he's just kind of there for you know just to add that experience potentially if it comes but I understand what you're saying, like, because I do, because I, I think for Considine, like, you know, he, for years he was kind of like a bit, you know, 50-50 Aberdeen fans, but then, like, in the last few years he's 
become a kind of a proper cult fan, cult player. But but with good reason because he has been really good. He's been part of defenses that have been pretty solid. You know, Aberdeen don't really leak a lot of goals. You know, so and he's always there. So I, I've always loved to say that I would have seen him play for Scotland, and I think there was talk that he would have called up last year before COVID and that. But I think, yeah, uh, like for the non-Aberdeen fan, it's like oh, probably I where are we? But for us, I'm I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing for him, like. You know, like he is, he's a, you know, they're all good guys, I'm sure, but he is genuinely like a class professional, and I'd love to see him get an arm, but I get a, a, a cap home with him. No, see, it's genuinely with, with Considine, um, like I can see, obviously, we're kind of having the joke about it at the beginning, but I, I do think that we could, what, for the sake of a squad, and he's there because of the injuries that we've got, I mean, I, I've no got an issue with that at all, um, but again, it's just, uh, it's adding to that thing. Like, we could put a full flaming teammate left fit at defenders, man. And Andy Constantine's just somebody else that's coming into that. But see, generally, I've, I've said that uh, if uh, I know that sounds daft, it's, it's a bare way, but, but we're talking about we've got two of the best left backs, not even England, the world, two, two, of, the, two of the best left backs in the world, Andy Robertson and Kieran Tierney. For me now, after yesterday, um. Camp Tierney, uh, to, to, I want to make that clear as well. I would uh, play Tierney over him, to be honest. But that's not the issue here. So, so we've got two really good left backs. Below them, you've got Greg Taylor, and I know he's controversial amongst the Celtic support. And now in that, I can I can understand that. Uh, and then you've also got Barry Douglas, who's arguably just below him in the perking order. See if any of these two were right footed, they'd be playing right back every single week for Scotland. With no doubt about that. Whereas at right back, we've no got any man. We've got Adonno. Um, I stuck by him when he was at Kelly and that but now that he left us I'll, I'll just throw him under the bus like everybody else plays <laughs> the club except for Stevie Clark but no I, I don't know it's clear to see that he isn't up to that level I, I want, I genuinely do want him to do well but and I'm not going to sit and slag him either um, it maybe sounded like I was just doing that but I'm not meaning to like, he's asked to go and do a job and he gives you 100% but really international international class has he got it I don't think he, I don't think he does but um so, so the point I'm making is that we've get, we've just got no no balance throughout the squad, but especially in the defence, and we're really really crying out for a for a right side defender, uh, be it at centre half or at right back, which which we've just been it's been a problem with But but you go back yeah, you go back ten years ago, and again all joking aside, but we we had the, the issue on the, the the other side of the park. We had Hutton and uh, Phil Bardsley who mm. were arguably two decent right backs at, at that moment in time. And I and I think we maybe Figari Naismith left, we maybe kinda of struggled to, to fill that void for a couple of years and we kinda of Bardsley played left back and stuff at times. Um which, and then I think when it was a catchy Anya came in that maybe and, and <laughs> kinda of put a end to, to that uh, the void in the team. So we never seem to ever get the balance right. Uh, I'm not even saying that we need two Andy Robertsons and Kieran Tierney's outside the part. We need a Greg Taylor or a, a Barry Douglas who's good enough uh, to play it right back and right centre half as well. If Stuart Finlay was right footed, Stuart Finlay would be in the Scotland squad, no problem at all. Just on um, the kind of defence last night, what was the back three we had? Um, Liam Cooper played, uh, Gallagher played, and, and Scott McTominay as well. I kind of thought that was probably the best part of the team in general. Um, I mean, it wouldn't have been hard when the attack was so toothless throughout and obviously they kept a clean sheet for 120 minutes, albeit that um, Israel should really have scored basically, the, I think, the, one of the last kicks of the game. 
with the guy Weissman had a really good chance, but I thought McTominay was much better. I like Liam Cooper. I mean, like, if you're asking me if Liam Cooper's played his best football for Scotland yet, I would say no, but you only have to watch him. I watched him play for Leeds against Man City last weekend, and he actually played really well. He's the kind of player that the likes of Wales and Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland have in spades. They have decent centre-backs, not brilliant players, but players who play at the English Premier League level and can do a job at international football. So if you can get Liam Cooper and if McTominay keeps playing like that, I've still got massive doubts about playing a a midfielder at centre-back. Massive doubts, but I thought he did all right last night. He was probably the best of the three. Um, That area maybe doesn't look too bad. Uh, I don't want to go into the whole left-back debate again, obviously, but I, I think you've raised really good points about the right side, KC, and, um, like, I, I just... The, the, there's no one obvious there. I mean, Liam Palmer played quite well in Czech Republic, so he's probably the guy who has the jersey at the moment, and hopefully he'll be back in for the, the game in Serbia, but um, I just feel as if we're still yet to see this, t- you know, the team we want to see, and we're yet to see things working out properly, but I suppose the big positive is that how many like bad heartaches have we had over the years since 1998 or since we've all been following the team? There's been numerous and you kind of thought last night was going to be another one. And I suppose the big positive is that it wasn't. We got through, we were on you know the right side of luck for once and we just look forward to the game in Serbia now. Um, what do we think about that, guys? How much a chance do we give ourselves of going over to Serbia in a one-off match and, and taking them on? I think that with Steve Clark's experience is right. If if you take it even just as an isolation of his stuff up up here with Kelly, right? He found ways to go to difficult places and get results, right? Regardless of how, you know how kind of, you know he was building his team at Kelly, right? You had to basically start it, you know, as as poor as it had been, right? And Casey will obviously attest to this a bit more, but like he went to Ibrox and got results. He came up to Pistodri and you know and, and won, which you know. Like is is impossible for a Kelly manager, you know, as as we know. Um, and um, I just I just think that um, and even you know, part he found he found found way different ways to win. I think he's such a pragmatist, right? And I think he's like it. It won't be pretty. Like it, for us, it won't be pretty. And I think that even if like even if Serbia scored early, I don't think that would kind of spook Steve Clark. You know, he'd find a way. You know, last night wasn't the most attacking lineup we we would have had a week ago. But he found a way, you know, like he, they were assured, I thought Israel looked a slicker side than us early on. So that in itself was a bit, but they didn't really do much with it. They didn't create anything. The first shot on target was in extra time. So I think, I think it'll be tough though, because I think that Serbia's approach, you know, they were talking about it last night on, off, on uh, Sports Sound and they were saying like that it was like a pretty end to end game. Like Serbia looked really good going forward, but they are exposable. So like you you can you can get at them if we've got like a Forrest and Fraser Christie running at them, we've got a chance. You know like these players play in big games. You know Christie's been across and play. Christie and Forrest have done it with Celtic, gone gone abroad in in places like Serbia and got results. You know with Celtic. So I've you never know. It'll be hard. I, I think it's I looking at it more. I actually think it's a harder proposition than Norway to be honest. Like I know they've got Haaland and that, but I think yeah when you take it away and you look at the likes of some of their players like the boy um, Savage uh, from Lazio yeah, he like scored he's, twice last night he's dynamite yeah. yeah he's a good player and then even like Mitrovic up front and yeah well, I know we'll assess that game a bit more when it comes down to it but um, I think I think we've got a chance I think we've got a chance 
It's weird because everyone like you spoke to was had already penciled in Norway, hadn't they? They were all looking. Oh, imagine what Haaland and Cause of ha- it's because of Haaland. It's just because of him. It, uh, to be honest, I mean they're a very good team elsewhere, but you know I think for us, yeah. it's it's weird though because everyone thought it was going to be Norway, and it probably is. Just you're probably right. It is because of Haaland, but I kind of felt that. I mean, Serbia, if you look at Serbia's recent history, they're a far better team than Norway. And as as you mentioned there, they've got, you know, Milinkovic, Savic, they've still got Kolarov kicking about, um, big Mitrovic is a forward. But even more than that, I think they're just quite a good, you know, collective team. Um, I'm just looking at their team for last night, and they play a 3-5-2 as well, which is kind of interesting. Um, so I wonder if that could play in our hands next month, Casey. See, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I was going to come in on that when initially you, you spoke about, obviously, McTominay um, being a centre midfielder and been played at centre-half. Um, and obviously the debate with Tierney, but to be fair, Tierney with Arsenal has been playing as, left as a back three um, quite often towards the end of last season, uh, if I'm right in saying. Hmm. But it's, 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 I remember saying at the time, um, me and a couple of other Kelly fans were like, Steve Clark won't do that. But he has, but I think he's been pressured into that and, and he's been forced to kind of fit these players into a system because, uh, Hamish, to be fair, you watched a lot of Kelly in uh, Steve Clark's last season. Uh, I know you were at the press at Rugby Park quite a lot. How many times did Scott Boyd play? You know what I mean? Uh, who, who who was the, the fourth-choice centre-back? Or, sorry, the third-choice centre-back? Whereas, uh, for, for Kelly fans, if there was an injury to, to Broadfoot or Finlay, you would just be like... Pat Dicker at centre back and gets get because we had a good midfield and you tight right get somebody else in midfield, whereas Clark would sit and rather play the third or fourth choice centre back in his natural position than rejig the team. However, in Scotland it's 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 been the opposite of that. To be fair, I've seen McTominay play at centre half. Try to, McTominay can play there though he can, but he's a centre mid eh, every day of the week for me. Um, and obviously you've seen Tierney playing the left of the back three, so. I don't know whether he will stick with this formation or not. I think that he's been working on it to try and get like, like with what we've got. I keep saying that you can only play with a uh, hand you're dealt, and I just think, but I, st- I still don't think that's the answer to our problems. I don't think that we've got the per- the proper personnel for it to be successful. I think we've got the personnel there to make us hard to beat. We're not got a kid on that 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 we're going to go to Serbia and play them off the park. We will only do that. We'll go there. We'll be pragmatic, as Matt Matt says, um, and and we'll f- he will find a way to to give us a a big chance. That that's all. Is no no way. I'm not going to sit here and say we've got to go to Belgrade. We're hundred percent got to win, but it'll always give you a big chance. They'll know they'll know turn us over over there. There's absolutely no way that will happen. And as Matt says, if we go a goal down, we'll still win the game. How many times at Kelly did we go one nothing done, one nothing done? We come back and win every week. Um, under him. So no, I'm I, I'm I'm hopeful that that. That, that we can get something out of that. Um, but I don't know if Matt was what he came in there with something. No, it, it was just on that, is because, I mean, if you look at kind of all, if you think, it's bizarre to think, but Steve Clark's obviously been in charge for over a year now, right? And, like, the games in the summer last year, you know, we went to Belgium and got turned over 4 0, and Russia beat us, and then we lost again to Belgium at home. And and you, you think, like, they were hammerings. Like, mm. they, they were, like, genuinely. Like, you you saw that there, whereas now as as you touched on just there, like I I don't think we'd go across there and lose three or four nil. Like I I I don't I think that it would be closer in the sense that we'll we'll be used to playing a system that we can, and they'll be used to kind of his ways of thinking of how to go to these places and frustrate. 
and as we said, it's a one-off. You know, like it is. Like there's no, it's no away goals. It's not. You know, like if you could take them to, you know, just try and get something. And and big moments are obviously. I mean, these games are like set pieces and so on. Like you need to take advantage of them. I thought Andy Robertson's deliveries last night were very, very good, and it's a shame that you know nobody could stick stick on to them. But um, that'll that'll come. They'll 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 prep for that. You know, they will they'll prep for every sort of outcome. If you go a goal behind, you you know, it's no panic stations as long as you then don't go and concede a second, which is what they did. I remember they did it in Russia. Um, I think they conceded two goals within a few minutes and it was over, you know, like, and, and that's a game that, like, in years gone by, they would have gone to probably and, you know, kept it a 1-0 and maybe tried to get a point. Um, so it'll be tough, it'll be tough, but, like, uh, I, I think, I don't think we're going to be in for a hammering when it comes around and I hope, <laughs> if there's a positive on it, that we will get something. Yeah, he's certainly got a kind of track record for getting results in harder places, as, as you two have touched on in his time at Kilmarnock. The thing that always struck me when you know Celtic came up against Kilmarnock, or as you rightly say, Casey, I did see a lot of Kelly against you know Celtic and Rangers, and the big thing I always took away from it was as much as they were compact defensively, and made it hard for the opposition. They always carried a threat going forward, whether it was you know Jordan Jones or Eamon Brophy. There was always a threat, and it always gave the opposition something to think about. So. He needs to keep that going for next month when we go to Serbia. Yes, they're going to be the team in the ascendancy. They're probably going to have the vast majority of the possession, but we have to have a threat going forward. I mean, we have to have the right players there to do that. No, Hamish, hundred percent, and I'm and I'm happy that, that actually came for you, opposed to to me having to bring it up because because on the verge of that, listen, I'm not under any illusions. Like the last couple of games have been tough watching us going forward. Like there's absolutely no doubt about that. But seeing you getting all these. Idiots on Twitter who are been like, ah, typical Steve Clark team, no? Typical, you're like, nah, how many times did you actually watch Kamala mm. under Steve Clark? As you said, we're compact. See, see all these games that we get results against Rangers and Celtic? Don't get me wrong, there were certain times we did kill the game. <laughs> but I can genuinely, there's only been a couple of those. See whenever other games we get results against Rangers and Celtic, I've never seen us create as many clear-cut chances against the old firm and thoroughly deserve to win. Even times when Kenny Shields was Kelly manager and, and we were getting the odd result against Rangers and Celtic, we were riding our luck, man, like a lot mm. of the time. The, your keeper was man of the match. and Whereas Steve Clark were so comfortable and we were the ones that we were thinking it should be us. We should be up 2 and on here. We should be up 2 or 3. And, and I know that's not transpired to Scotland yet, but I'm just saying to people to watch out for that because... Because a lot of people are going, like, ah, well, we know we're getting our Steve Clark. You're like, nah, how many times did you actually watch Kilmarnock? Like, you watched them against the big teams at times when we did have to frustrate, but we would always carry a threat going forward, always. And then all your games that were winnable, we would always perform. We wouldn't be sitting in for, for draws at home with hearts or anything. We'd got, we got to Tynecastle and beat them. We'd be beating them at Robbie Park. And, you know what I mean? The, 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 as you said, Hamish, there's always a threat there, but we just need need the players to, to, to get that we need to get it right I think that he will he, he's always got to get it right defensively Clark we need the players now to step up a wee bit man we need to get it right in the final third and once we do that we'll be fine I just want to see Scotland get a flavour of that Kelly team because I'm yet, I'm yet to see it maybe I've missed certain bits and maybe the fact we kept a clean sheet last night and we only conceded one in Czech Republic and all of that but I'm just I'm yet to see like that same kind of that kind of resolute collective effort that I saw every time, basically, because the thing that always got me about Kelly during that run was I don't think I saw them put in one good performance that whole season when I saw them, but they won pretty much every game. Like they would just find a way to win, which is something you usually say about Celtic and Rangers, not about Kilmarnock. So hopefully, um, 
you know, we can do that next month because if we if we draw 0 nil again and winning penalties, like not one of us is caring because we have waited that long that we do not care. And you know, folk were saying before uh, Thursday night, they were saying, look, if we win this game and play terribly, the result is all that matters. So you can't have it both ways. That that's exactly what happened. We did play terribly and we won. So you know, that is all that matters. We went through. Um, I just wanted to bring up quickly, and I'm biased obviously with this point, but when I'm looking at strikers and players we could do with, and I see a certain player returning to the Celtic team on Sunday and scoring the winner, I just wonder that if Lee Griffiths can hit a stride over the next month, whether he could be a good addition to the squad for, for these games. No, absolutely. Like I've always been a fan of Lee Griffiths like, like for years, and I just think that if he gets himself in a position where... You saw it even, like, the other... Um, the game on Sunday against St. Johnson, right? When he came off the bench, they're chasing something. They needed him, right? If that was the case last night, right, and he was on the bench and we're like, right, it's no working up top with the two of them. Like, get him on. Like, you'll get him in amongst that. I think the difference is obviously with Celtic is he's always, it's going to be relentless pressure for the, you know, for the last 15 minutes. Celtic are going to go and try and get that win. Whereas, like, there was so much riding on last night that you almost kind of felt that, Nobody wanted to win. Uh, nobody wanted to lose it. Sorry, I should say. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it was very kind of just. It just. A, it was such a big game. People here, you know, if that was fifty thousand fans, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it would have been the same kind of game last night. To be honest, like it would have been pretty nervy. So, for me, I think if Griffiths can get himself into that team, it's going to be tough for him because obviously they've got that many options, and you know he's still probably working his way back, but. You know, for him, if if you got him in that Scotland squad, he'd be so. For me, it would just be it'd just be something that we that spark that we're needing up top. I think he could play alongside Dykes. I think McBurney, I'm not sure about, but um, uh, or if you play him up front, you've got you've got his Celtic kind of players around him. You know, you've got the Christie behind him, a uh, Forrest if he's if he's back, and then obviously Fraser on the other side, hopefully, and that 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 would work for me. Right, Scotland have got Slovakia. What night is that on? Is that Sunday night? No one, no one even cares about these games. Yeah, it's crazy. No. <laughs> the thing is, though, they're so big, though, aren't they? Like, I mean, we'll, we can touch on it, but I think they're still massive games. No, I think they're big. Purely, if you think about this, right, we're going into this game that in a year's time, these games could matter so much more. You know, like, I think Steve Clark talked about it in his presser last night, like how they all, I think they're big. Like, if you if we get maximum points out of this, we're we're going to be looking pretty for as a is this for the, the World Cup? I will be I because obviously that, that yesterday was for obviously the Euros. So now we've already caught out the Nations League for the year after. But so I uh, I only I didn't I only found out recently that World Cup actually had the Nations League type, but I didn't realize that that was a thing. Um, but apparently yeah. it is. I thought <laughs> so it, I thought it was I just the Euros. How, yeah, yeah, it was initially, and then I think they've kind of seen the success of it. I don't know how I don't know if like like teams around the world are playing in a nations league type thing. Like I don't actually no. know how it is gonna change but I mean yeah, that'll be I think they're yeah. On you go sorry Casey No, it's um I think I th- I I get your point with it being important. I just think that I think to qualify out of the Nations League for the World Cup we would have to win this group between Slovakia, Czech Republic and who's the other team? Israel and we would then I think have to win a playoff as well and the playoff would be against harder teams than Serbia, Norway and Israel it would be against like I don't know who else is in League B but I'm assuming it's like B 
basically just one tier down from your top team. So um, I, I feel like, but I guess you just need to keep winning games. But very much for me, they're warm-up games. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of type team he picks because I heard them saying that he, he effectively can't play the exact same team for three matches in a row, especially when they played 120 minutes on Thursday night. So I think he'll change it up for a couple of those games. Maybe he'll use them as warm-up games. Because um, very much for me, it's about you know Euro the Euros next summer. Um, do you think we're going to do it then? Just to, to round off the Scotland chat, yes or no, Casey? Are, are we going to be sitting here in what a month's time talking about? Um, I can't even believe I'm saying it, but talking about the possibility of being at the Euros. No, I I genuinely do do think we will get it. I think um, I think again on yesterday, if if that's all right, if I can touch on it again. Quickly, I know I'm one for, for ram, rambling, so I, oh, I apologise. But the, uh, when we're speaking about this striking issue, right, as you said, Hamish was spotting at the beginning of the podcast, the back three were really the only kind of ones who you'd say collectively did their job. Um, I thought John McGinn was good in the middle of the park, but he seemed to be like the only kind of one. Uh, I, I'm no criticising Jack and McGregor, but I thought they were a bit too sideways. The two strikers, I didn't think get anyone near enough service because I said that when the team came out yesterday, they were oh, brutal. I'm like, listen, that's what I would do. Well, I'm not, not as a fan, a manager any ilk, but, but if, if you were to ask me to pick a Scotland team yesterday with what we had, I would have probably went the same. I would have three at the back, three in the middle of the park, the two wing backs, but I'd have the two big guys up top and get the wing backs to swing crosses in every day of the week. The big problem yesterday in the attacking sense, why it didn't work was the wing-backs were playing 15 yards further back than they should have been. If they were 10, 15 yards further out of the park, we would have scored yesterday. I genuinely believe that. I want that's today with Israel, though. I mean, their right-back was, was absolutely different class yesterday and he had Andy Roberts in his back pocket uh, throughout. Um, but I, th- I think that if Griffiths comes in, play 3-5-2 potentially again with Griffiths and Dykes, I think that's definitely a formula that can work. Clark will know that, he'll be looking at it. Griffiths has got to be an option getting into these games. Griffiths comes into it um, for, for the Serbia game and we go with a similar kind of formation. I, I do think we will do it, aye. It's, uh, it's just so exciting. It's going to be so nervy, isn't it? You, you almost, I was saying this earlier, you want the game this weekend, don't you? Aye. But in many ways, obviously, next month suits us because we'll have you know Tierney. I don't have any, B, don't have any players left. Yeah. So do, are, you, are you anywhere near more... Positive after speaking to us, Hamish. You are doing your best. Um, I'm just struggling. Like, put it this way: I know it's a massive, you know, if and but and all that. But if we were to have lost that in penalty kicks last night, we're sitting here doing another depressing state of our game. And for me, penalty kicks are a, are a lottery. Like I know you have to go and take them and score them, and we did score all five of them. But for me, they are very much just like nothing to do with actual football if you know what I mean and I look at that and I go if we'd have lost last night if we'd have lost we'd be sitting here going where, where are we Clark should be out of job we're in terrible I, t- I 100% take a first point as a knife edge we were a ball here figuring out and we would be sitting here and I'd still be trying to defend Clark but I'd understand <laughs> I'd understand the criticism <laughs> But I did disagree with the shootout, man. I, just, like, I used to honestly believe that. Yeah. And what changed my mind? Watching Kelly v. Aberdeen penalty shootout. Well, uh, like, stuff like that. Freddie Woodman. I, 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 exactly. I knew before that. I was like, there's absolutely no way we're winning this. Look at Aberdeen. Full team full of them, man. I mean, Shinny goes up as uh, captain, pings away the first one. Kenny McLean... You know, I mean, August down, and obviously McLean scored yesterday. And I'm getting up, man. We're like, we've not got the caliber, we've not got the quality there. It, as it's, but before people would say it's a lottery, but I generally don't like it. It's skill, mentality, like 
everything yeah. execution absolutely uh, look, yeah. thoroughly deserved you, and all the penalties you can tell a difference aye 100% yeah. and, and yesterday mine is John McGinn every penalty was different class by the way and folk can say oh they should be scoring but no nah, it's not about that the pressure that comes with that and to you know send the keeper the wrong way you know that I, I, I disagree but a 100% take a first point on a knife edge if we had lost yesterday you're absolutely spot on man it would be papers clark out clark out mm. clark out um, so no, I, I do get that And this shouldn't have paper over the cracks But I'm just saying I said for day one He will get us to the Euros It's different circumstances now But I still I genuinely do think that He's the best man to do it I honestly believe that Yeah, as, as I say When you've wait, when you've waited 22 years to, to qualify for the Euros We don't care how we do it On you go Matt, sorry Aye. Yeah, no Just just one last point on the, on, For me on Even like last night as a fan experience it right see throughout the whole day like I, I could not get into the to the build up to it at all like and I, I think it's it's everything that's going on as well like you know just if I, I think it was more to do with like right well we know there's no fans there but because I think the Nations League's often been regarded as a well it was the back way it back door into the tournament for us like we shouldn't be thinking like that but it wasn't until the actual pretty much until the game kicked off even like the anthems are going off and I'm like Holy shit! This is a big game. Like it just because I think it would have been so different. Like if it if you know we weren't aware of the situation we were just now, we'd all been at the game. We'd all been going down earlier, going up to it, you know, pints in, getting yourself to the game, proper buzz about it, and then like it it would have it would have been there the whole week. But I, I've not really even watched much of the press stuff on it. Like uh, and especially because of the players getting pulling out and that. But then the whole game last night, I was sitting there just crapping myself or. Like what in like I was I, it didn't help as I was sitting watching it with my girlfriend and her mum who wrote really much interest in it and I was honestly going like like when McTominay's up for a header I'm like doing the motion and all that and like like you properly got into it and I think that'll be the same when it comes around to the Serbia game I think we're probably not going to be in a situation that's any different than what we are just now like pubs are still going to probably be shut till ten o'clock shut or shut at ten you know and. For for folk like it'll still be a big big occasion when it comes around, but I don't know like the build up to it might be uh, might be a bit different. But I don't know about you guys. I, I, if you've had the same experience as me, it's just something I want to say about it. Ah, uh, you're you're spot on. I, I did have that feeling completely, um, and I've not really had that with Celtic as much. Obviously, I, I'd rather watch games with crowds and that, but I've not really had it with Celtic. I don't know if maybe the fact it was a semi final and the month the the finals a month away had anything to do with it as well. It, I think next month it's going to be huge. Like next month's going to be massively the the build up to it in the papers is going to be massive because we are ninety minutes away from ending the year and I don't really believe in fate and stuff like that. But wouldn't it just be typical Scotland time to qualify during like a global health pandemic when folk can't even go to the pubs or that? Like that that's the one thing that makes me think no. right now. This could, to, to quote the SFA, this could be our time. So um, we'll, we'll leave it on that positive note, guys. Um, we're looking forward to it. Obviously, we'll have all the build-up um, to the game next month, teams, all that kind of thing, near the time. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Just briefly, um, literally quite briefly, what are we thinking now about the, the chances of fans getting back to games and all that kind of thing? No, no, no. I, I actually thought Doncaster was making some good points about like his actual appearance on the show I thought was quite good. Um I'm not as big a fan. I don't think anybody is, but I actually thought he spoke quite well, as did uh, the Hallowell chairman. So, um, but on fans getting back, I I kind of see it this year properly. To be honest, I think the test events proved that it could work. You know, like the smaller crowds and that. But 
Um, like I listen to Jason Leach every week on Sports and they obviously kind of, you know, grill him on the fans and things like that. Like, but it's it's hard because like they're either what you you obviously want to go back, but yeah, especially because all the restrictions are coming in now, going into the winter time. I, I could not see it happening until next season, to be honest. Yeah, which is a shame. I would like to see. I don't know, man. Part of me just feels it in an outdoor stadium that you could maybe like. I, I watched Portugal Spain the other night, and they were playing in that the stadium, right? It's the Sporting Lisbon Stadium where Aberdeen played a couple of weeks ago, and I think they had something like three and a half thousand and mm-hmm. a sixty odd thousand, maybe just under that, and it was literally like one to every like row, basically. Um, and the crowd was really kind of low, but the atmosphere was so much better and. I just kind of feel like surely that is achievable. Like I get we're in a place at the moment where we're like the government with good reason are terrified of COVID at the moment spreading and it's with good reason as I say but is there not a stage where we can we can get a certain amount of fans and like we can get 1500 into Rugby Park or we can get the same into Pataudry or we can get three and a a half thousand into Parkhead and Ibrox. Is that not achievable? Was it not going to be though if we played Norway? They'd have been able to put fans in the crowd, because not Norway, mm. Norwegian football's got fans back, and I think that they would have been able to get three, four hundred fans in, which might have made a difference. Yeah, I think UEFA have got this thirty percent thing. That's certainly what they're doing for the Champions League and Europa League. That basically, if the local government says you're allowed to, you can get up to thirty percent in. Um, I just thought that was interesting. You get anything to add, Casey? It's okay if you you don't. No, it's, it's it's more just I'm I'm more scunnered about now than I even was a couple of weeks ago. I think that I think just the events of the last the last week or whatever have just shown us that you're like right, this is like we thought we were kind of getting out of the woods a wee bit. Whereas, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic here, but you're just like it's hard not to be. No, it looks like we're as far away as as we were in the beginning of the season, um, which is sad and. It's sad seeing how much it's affecting the football clubs as well. Obviously, one club commander with the, with the six positive tests and full squad have that self-isolate for two weeks, had to forfeit their match and postpone the Motherwell game and obviously the effects that Scotland starting 11 had in, uh, yesterday. So, I don't know. Um, you're obviously praying praying for a vaccine like we all are. Uh, whether that's achievable uh, in the foreseeable, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm a bit done about that, to be honest. No, I think you're you're perfectly you know right to be, and I, I feel the exact same way to be honest. At least we've got football, though. At least we've got the Burst Ball podcast as well. So we've got we've got some stuff to be happy about in life. But I think you're right. I think a year down the line, hopefully, when we've got a vaccine and in a better place, we'll, we'll sorry sorry we'll, uh, we'll what I'm going to say is we'll look back at this stage and we'll go fuck me that was shit. Like there's no way really to sugarcoat it and say oh it's all right. It's life is absolutely horrid at the moment it is horrid unless you're Ryan Crombie obviously <laughs> former member of the podcast that listens who absolutely loves coronavirus and is itching for another lockdown so uh, unless you're him uh, so he this time in a year hopefully we'll all be sitting here talking about what games we're at the weekend hopefully we're talking about being at the Euros uh, and actually being participating in it but Oh, imagine! Listen, see if Scotland qualify and we get a vaccine early next year, we're off to the Euros, and I mean that we are going to the Euros. But for <laughs> I go out, no, oh God, I, for some reason I had it in my head it was in France. Ham, it's ham, didn't it? Aye, I had it in my head it was in France. Why did I have that in my head it was in France? 
Because, well, that, that was the last one that we were closest to getting, 2016. Right. Don't know why. Living in the past. I wish I were back in 2016, to be honest. Aye, that, that, that was a big one. <laughs> that was a, that was the closest, really, that, to appreciate in my lifetime. That was, that was the one we wanted to be, that, wasn't it? Everyone was there, we weren't here. <laughs> right, guys, I fear we've uh, reached rambling stage now, so we'll round off the podcast. KC, thanks very much. Thank you very much. Matt, good to have you on as well. Cheers, thank you. Um, goes without saying, we're, we'll be back at some stage. I've kind of lost track of when football returns. It's back kind of next weekend, isn't it? So we'll probably, obviously, the big Celtic Rangers game as well. So we'll probably do a preview sometime next week. Um, but we'll keep you updated on the, the Twitter channel. We're at Burstball Podcast. We're also on Facebook. Tell a pal about the podcast if you've not already done it. Leave a review on iTunes and we'll speak to you very soon.